So Jacob, how do you how do you feel like your your weekend's going, man? I mean, we're watching the the Monday night football game here on our apps, getting ready to record this podcast. How are you feeling about your team so far this year? I mean, I might lose to Chris, or I, I did lose to Chris, but I'm fine with it. Yeah, I had my I had some of my best players in really tough matchups still do halfway decent, so eh, whatever. Also, I totally destroyed you in Empire. Yeah, I know, I know. I went, I went um 50 50 in my uh in my leagues this week it uh hey it, it's like bill Bro- uh bill belichick says uh when we're on to cincinnati uh, man 180 uh, points to 117 Whew. uh we're on to we're on to cincinnati so <laughs> <laughs> it's a long season it's a long season um i never do well if i do well in the beginning i, I start freaking out about it so, so because you're an ou fan you do great in the beginning of the year all the way through the middle part, and then you fall apart when it really matters. No, that's not what I said. I'm, I'm still the defending Empire Fantasy Football Champion at this moment, so that, that's fine. This moment, that's the key. It's this moment. All right, hello and welcome everybody to the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast. This is episode 35. I'm your co-host Taylor Reeves, alongside my other co-host here, aka the Commissioner Jacob Dupree. All righty. So as you know, football is back. This is our week one recap, and we're just going to get right into it here. So, all righty. So notable injuries, a lot of injuries, you know, before, before uh, the first game, you know, it was, of course, as always, news is breaking after we're, we're done recruit, re- recording. Uh, Gus Edwards uh, towards ACL. Um, who, who, who else was it? Uh, Humphrey, Marlon Humphrey is well, out also they, in the same practice. I think it was Marcus, was it Marcus Peters or Marcus Humphrey? I think it was Marcus Peters. Wasn't it? I don't know. I thought it was, thought it was Humphrey. What, either way, it was Gus Edwards and their best defensive back tore their ACLs. Or actually, I think one of them tore their Achilles in the same practice on back-to-back plays in the same practice. And after that, uh, Jim Harbaugh was just like, screw it. I'm done. This practice is over. Everybody go home. Yeah, that's um, I don't want to really bring this up. Senior year, the the scrimmage. Please, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> How many of us went down? It was like three. Three people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, moving on to more. So, you know, that was a huge thing for us because, you know, we were I was getting ready to use Gus as a trade ship, hoping he would do great tonight. And then I, I know, don't want him anymore. It's fine. Obviously, I, I realized that. And I'm kind of I feel like I'm screwed now in my running back debt because I'm I'm saddled with the two Tampa Bay Buccaneers running backs, which didn't look that great it in the horrible. Thursday night game. It was basically the Tom Brady show and everybody else. I mean, Giovanni looked the best out of the three backs. I'm just going to be honest. Giovanni Bernard looked the best out of the three backs there. <laughs> and uh, Lombardi Lenny, if you're, if you're listening, um, do better. Do better. And, uh, do better. And Rojo, he he does some more weeks like this, he may get cut. I'm just being honest. I, that, that may be overreaction on my part, but oh. he can't keep doing this. This is the second year that he's he, he's done this with the fumbles, and then it, he just his motor goes completely in the tank. I, I'm, I don't think that's an overreaction. And then on the completely other side, I have Josh Jacobs and uh, Kenyon Drake and whatever the heck the Raiders are doing. I don't know what the Raiders are doing right now. As uh, far as that offense, I saw some Marcus Mariota going on there. So John yeah, Gruden's all in on whatever this team is. I don't I don't know what it's going to be, but he's all in. He, he's got all of his chips in the middle, and I kind of feel the same way about my uh, fantasy teams. I'm all in. Whatever, whatever I have, I'm all in. I'm going to figure this out. And, uh, you know, we're just going to do what we always do. We're going to, we're going to figure it out and have a good time. <clears throat> yep. That's, that's what you got to be. And, uh, speaking of some favorites, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a minor hip dislocation. He's, uh, been placed on the IR. Uh, Jerry Judy has a high ankle sprain, six to eight weeks. And then, uh, Raheem Mostert. 49ers chipped cartilage out for eight weeks. So unless you're uh, Colby Hicks and have all six San Francisco running backs, you may be screwed. That's why he did it. He got the infinity gauntlet of San Francisco running back. So when one dies, he just slips the next one right up. Hey, and Mitchell looked good. So good on Colby for like, you know what? There's, there's bound to be one of them that's going to do well in the Shanahan offense. So I'm just going to take all six. Well, that's, that's a legitimate question here because so like, you know, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think that just you downgrade the offense on as a whole about like three steps, kind of like what it was, you know, last year. Mm-hmm. Because Tyler Haneke, like he's not nothing special from what we've seen. 
so far. Jerry, yeah, Jerry Judy being out for six to eight weeks, that just opens the door for Cortland Sutton to come in. But at the same time, he didn't look that great in the game either. Honestly, like Tim Patrick looked much better, and so did KJ Hamler. Then Raheem Mostert, you know, this was a surprise. Your boy, your OU bloodline, Trey Sermon, was a healthy scratch. Yeah. With the coach saying he was outplayed by Elijah Mitchell and Jermichael Hasty in the preseason. How does that make you feel? Genuinely, how does that make you feel? I'm, I'm happy he's still healthy at this point. And, and the rate that the uh, 49ers go through running backs, he may be the starter in week three at this point. Um, but he was, uh, the coach said he was outplayed by an undrafted free agent out of Baylor, Jermichael Hasty, and then a fifth, like what was he, like a fifth round pick, Elijah Mitchell? I, I, I mean, it happens. I, I mean, uh, I feel like with a lot of rookie players, it kind of happens, especially for like those mid-tier second to fifth round picks if they start reading news clippings about themselves, talking about how they're the next coming of whatever it may be or whatever the reps is. Same thing with Zach Moss. He looked like a healthy scratch for the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, it's it's an interesting situation going on with some of these young uh, rookie running backs or second year running backs, but yeah, no, it's, it's disappointing. He needs to do better. He knows he needs to do better. Um, the offense clearly needs them. Um, Elijah they Mitchell, because Elijah Mitchell had 18 carries for like a hundred and something yards. Do they need him? Or is he just kind of now going to be the throw him in there when you need to? Yeah. Elijah Mitchell had 19 carries for a one Oh four and a touchdown, you know? Push him. I, I mean, there's a, there's a chance that it, it's Shanahan trying to, cultivate a competitive group there. So I, I think there's nothing wrong with what he said. This is the same man who said, you know, they were asking, you know, who, who the starter is going to be on Sunday. And he said, I don't know if they're going to be alive, well, <laughs> you, you, know? <laughs> you know? So I, I think, I think it's a mixture of both. He needs to do better. And especially with a, uh, you know, Mitchell there being able to step up the, the, the lions game turned into something ridiculous. You know, I was watching the, the Browns chiefs game. Cause that was the game that was available to me. If, uh, if the podcast, you know, ever does a donation, I hope we we're able to get direct TV Sunday oh. ticket and, you know, maybe yeah, we'll be, be able fantastic. to watch all the games, but yeah, that would be amazing <laughs> until then I'm uh, stuck to YouTube uh, highlight clips at the moment. So stuck to what I get, <laughs> you know, I was watching, they, they kept going back and forth to the, uh, 49ers and Lions game. It was like 41 to 17. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. I see the Lions starting to fight back. And I'm like, wait, is this the Jared Goff that Jacob's been raving about? I, <laughs> Talking about he's going to come back. I told you, dang it. <laughs> I've said it since freaking like April. He's better than people think. He will do better than you think. Draft him and be happy about it. And I'm about to say something that'll even top that comment. I mean, Casey called it about Jamal Williams and he had a heck of a ball game. He had like 24 points, I think in fantasy him and Deandre Swift uh, were shocking to, to all of us. So I hope, um, you know, today or tomorrow and every, every day of this week, I hope uh, Campbell gets a uh, too large 50 uh, and he, he deserves a couple of shots of uh, espresso after that game. It was um, I don't really believe in moral victories. I'm looking at you Cowboys. Um, but for the Lions, I will accept a moral victory because they had no business being in that game and they fought back hard. And Dan Campbell's definitely has that team buying into whatever that process is of biting off kneecaps and they fought hard. So it's going the NFC North got extremely way more interesting as the day went on because you had the Packers lost to the Saints 38 to three and whatever's going on with Aaron Rodgers, whatever it may be. The Vikings losing to Cincinnati Bengals. And yes, I was happy for Jamar Chase. Five receptions, 101 yards, and a TD. On my team. By the way, if everyone's wondering, did he text me? Absolutely, he did. He talked mm-hmm. about it for a solid 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> it was great. It felt great, by the way. It was good. And I love to see the highlights there of Joe Burrow throwing to Jamar Chase. It was a great hookup. Uh, it was like uh, two friends coming back together, kind of like ourselves. Wait, we're friends? <laughs> Sorry, news to me. Uh, oh, oh. Oh <laughs> no, gosh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, drink out of that Russell Westbrook cup. Yes, this is a this is a vintage Oklahoma City Thunder. We have uh, Russell Westbrook and uh, Paul George. So, oh, R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, that was that was rough. Anyways, um, so you had you had that going on, and then the Bears whatever was going on there. And I'll kind of get into that later on far as like their defense, Matthew Stafford looked great with the Rams. The Vikings look like a complete disaster. So 
the NFC North, very interesting division uh, that is reshaping, I think, week to week, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, I, I, can, <clears throat> I can definitely see that. Well, I think one thing that kind of caught my eye, and I remember, I remember that I saw this piece of news pop up, and I was like, I want to talk about this for a hot second. The fact that the Texans are asking for a total of six pieces in a trade for Deshaun Watson. They said it's anywhere between, you know, like four players, two draft picks, six draft picks, like whatever. But they want a total of six items for Deshaun Watson. But I'm sitting here like, bruh, homeboy ain't even playing. He still has all this litigation over his head. Ain't nobody going to pay that price for him, which might Mm -hmm. be part of, which might be their their like idea because they're trying to send a message. It's we're not trading him. Take the hint. But if you're going to trade for him, you're going to pay out the butt for it. Hey, and speaking of the Texans, holy mackerel, Tyrod Taylor, you know, why it's about the, the clocks? I get it. It's the Jaguars. But still, I mean, we were expecting the Texans. I mean, there was potential they could go in 16. I mean, I picked them to go one and 15. Um, but it was it was impressive I mean, to see. And I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he was the, the offense. I'm like, it's Urban him. Meyer. It's Urban Meyer. And they misused James Robinson. They had Carlos Hyde. And I'm like, of course, it's the Ohio State connections. Like, I trust Carlos. I'm hey, like, it's Urban Meyer and it's going to hurt your heart. But I mean, hey, I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence was still like a top 10 quarterback, wasn't he? Yeah, but I'm, I'm not, he was I'm number 11. That's not what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about James Robinson. He had five carries. Yeah, I mean, listen, what's I going on? Our, I have him in our Empire League and I didn't <laughs> like that either, but it, it is what it is. So do you want to go through our, like the recap of our sleep sleeper picks in this section or the next section? Um, I think the next section. Okay. okay. I, I, th- I think we can do that. We're going to send it to a quick commercial break. and We'll be right back after this. Right after Jamar Chase catches another touchdown for me. Hey, he's on pace for 1700 yards now and 17 oh touchdowns. Oh my, saying. oh my God. All righty, welcome back to episode 35 here as we continue our week one recap. Football is back, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we're just going to get right into it here, talking about our sleeper picks, where we were right and where we were wrong. Um, Update, it wasn't that pretty of a week. No, no, not at all. Um, so for for me, for my uh, quarterbacks, I had Baker Mayfield, which finished 24th. I don't really want to talk about it. He <laughs> was playing how he was supposed to in the offense, and then it completely fell apart. Sam Darnold had a good, good, uh, good game. He was the 15th quarterback. Yeah. He projected like 20-something. That's a win. Yeah, and I I think I have him at like around 23 or 22 right now in my QB ranking, so that that may be adjusted as we uh, talk about some other stuff as we uh, move on here. And then uh, I had Philip Lindsay. (laughs) 28th, he was just not the uh, running back to score yeah, that, a touchdown. It was Ingram. So that's a flex starter, baby. That's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate the the the, uh, the optimism there. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, I, I saw that you uh, nicely put hashtag way down there, Elijah Moore. Yeah, he did. He did not show up yesterday. Nope. And even <laughs> further down there, <laughs> Russell Gage. Yeah, I think nope. Russell had nine points in PPR, which is not good. Bro, enough. no, he didn't have anything. Oh, he did it. Okay. No, he. I think that was his projection was nine points. Yeah, that his was projection was nine point nine seven. He went zero for two on his targets. Oh my gosh, not a single point. And then for my uh, tight ends, uh, Tyler Croft was twenty six. Um, I mean, you could definitely tell Zach Wilson being a, a rookie. He really targeted the players that he felt he was comfortable with, which happened Corey to be Corey Davis. Davis. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Um, and then the uh, Phillies Eagle, or sorry, Eagles uh, Falcons game. I chose both Eagles uh, tight ends. Did fairly okay. Uh, Zach Ertz was twenty four, and then Dallas Carter was fourth. Uh, he scored a one, touchdown and played well. One of them caught a touchdown. One of them did not. Their yardage was very similar. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that that's basically going to be the season. So unless you're planning on running a two tight end set and a super flex, which uh, your boy your boy here is. Uh, I told you don't do it. The, after the way Leonard Fournette was playing, I'm about to do it. No, make me a trade. We can make something better happen for <laughs> no, you. No, 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 no. If I have top two, top four tight ends, I need to go to a full two tight end set. I'm going to go full Bell Belichick. Uh, we're, we're on to Cincinnati. All right. Um, Click, clicking over to your team page, <laughs> select players to acquire. Carry on. Keep talking. What? You, you, are you doing a commissioner move right now? <laughs> no, I'm looking for a trade, baby. You, you still have a defense to talk for. Go for it. 
Um, and then the defense, yes, I realized hashtag cop out. I had the Chargers at 16 and the 49ers finished. Yeah, the second. 49ers, yeah, that, 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 that's a cop out answer. That, they were projected top 12. That's called bullcrap. Look, I was I was pushing for time. I screwed up the running back and on the defense. I was like, oh, the 49ers are playing the Lions. Uh, you know, they're probably good. good. Yeah, it was a great matchup. They're playing the Lions. Or should we start calling them kittens? That hey, roar. which by the way, no, they should be called the kneecaps because they, they came back <laughs> with the vengeance. Or, or the true. Avengers. Maybe they could be called the Avengers or the, the mm. Revengers. Oh, God. <laughs> the Are Revengers. we getting into Marvel movie now? Yeah, a little bit. Because, I mean, Dan Campbell, I mean, I mean, really. I mean, he had the team playing. I, I'm, I'm buying into what he's selling up there. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm just curious to sit back and watch what's going on up there. I may watch more Lions games. I, I agree with that, too. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, my sleepers weren't, like, much better. Although, like... I had one running back and two wide receivers that both finished muy bueno compared to their projection. But my quarterbacks were Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Ryan. Ben was the 25th quarterback. Matt Ryan was 28. Whatever happened with Atlanta just pooped all over my – and my DFS lineups, honestly. Then with my running backs, I had Miles Gaskin, who finished above his projection. He finished number 22. Raheem Mostert got injured like two carries in, but he was two carries for 20 yards. He was on his way to being what Elijah Mitchell was, okay? Yeah, that's true. Then something I'm going to hang my hat on is Jamal Williams. He was the number four overall running back on the week. Woot, woot. Then we're going to less pretty. Chase Claypool was 40-ish. He was somewhere down there. Well, he just didn't catch the touchdown. It was Deontay. (laughs) That's tied into Ben Roethlisberger being still looking noodle-armed. Ebron, Ebron uh, dropping passes and Fryermuth out there catching passes. Bruce, are you still with us? I hope he didn't pass out over the weekend. I know you're just, watching watching the Steelers like, oh, yeah. Just going to throw that in there to make sure he's okay. Then something else, two other picks I'm kind of okay with. It's Marvin Jones, the Jacksonville wide receiver, finishes number 17 on the week. Devonta Smith was the number 19 overall on the week. Marvin Jones might have been a garbage time touchdown, but garbage time still counts. And still counts, people. Oh, yes. I don't care if they're down by three touchdowns. If they score a touchdown and it wins you the fantasy game, you're like, oh. That's my favorite player ever. Put it in my veins next to a Red Bull. Let's do this. My tight ends, I had Austin Hooper finish 25. I mean, David and Joku just ruined Austin Hooper for me. Then Blake Jarwin didn't pan out, but whatever. Defenses, I chose Miami. They were number 24, but they played a good defensive game. They just didn't get the turnovers and didn't get the couple sacks I was kind of thinking they were going to get. And then number 17 was Minnesota. And even though they lost, they still played pretty good up for, up front. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think we both, um, for, for our first week choosing sleepers and having to admit it to the, uh, the world, I think we did okay. Hey, listen, I'm just saying, if someone listened to me about Miles Gaskin, Jamal Williams, Devonta Smith, Marvin Jones, you might have won some money in DFS, okay? So how quickly do you think C. Bruce was on uh, on Steelers chats or on Bill's chats just trolling? Oh. Do, you think, do you think it was at halftime when they were down? <laughs> no, I think it was right after they got that special teams touchdown when they blocked the punt. I, I yeah. think that was probably the moment where he popped on and said, you guys suck. He's like, hashtag Pittsburgh. That's how we do it. We score in all, all phases of the game. Even though our offense looked like garbage. Doesn't matter. We figure out how to win, and that's what matters. They, they are they are they are the epitome of Tim Tebow. Yeah, I yeah, said it. Pretty much, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the epitome of Tebow. They just win, baby. Hey, that's All what right. we gotta do. Hey, we can roll this right into our your quick recaps. Basically, we're gonna spend like ten to thirty seconds per game, and that's just if we decide to park in a game. Yep. We'll start with Dallas at Tampa. Tampa Bay won thirty-one to twenty-nine, and what was actually a very good football game. I mean, my quick two seconds on it is. The Cowboys aren't going to throw the ball 58 times a game. Yes, it was fantastic, but at the same time, you can't expect, like, 58 passes is obscene. But I do think the target ratio of, you know, like Amari Cooper had 16 of those 58 attempts and CeeDee Lamb had 15 of those attempts. Between those two guys, that's 31 of 58 attempts. I think that ratio probably stays about the same. So Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, arrow pointing up. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Um, Cowboys lost. Um, that's all Cowboys fans need to know. It's not a moral victory. They lost. They are 0 and 1 and going into week two. That's great. They played really well against the Super Bowl champ. It's still a loss. All right, move on to the next one. Now here comes Justin Herbert. <laughs> yeah. 
Next game on the list was Philadelphia traveling to Atlanta and actually wiping the floor with the Falcons 32 to six. I mean, that battle of the birds is more like the battle of the peacocks because the Eagles straight up just trashed Atlanta in every phase of the game. Like it was like Matt Ryan was had 21 completions for 164 yards. That ain't good. I mean, I don't, I think the bigger story for me here is don't freak out about the Falcons just yet. I mean, they play Tampa Bay next week. So I think if you're looking for a buy low opportunity for Calvin Ridley or honestly, Calvin Ridley, that's probably going to be your time to get it. And then on the flip side for me on Philadelphia, Miles Sanders looked better than anticipated. And also my preseason pick for my freaking deep sleeper, Jalen Rager, six catches on six targets for 49 yards and a touchdown baby. Yeah, I think the Falcons are worse than we thought they were. Um, who, who do you think looks better in a Falcons jersey? Or, uh, Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell right about now? I'm going to go with Spencer Rattler because I want him for Calvin Ridley. That'd be great. That, that would be a good matchup. And I just leave you a phrase for the Eagles. It hurts so good. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I'm just waiting for the T-shirt design to, uh, to manifest itself. Yep. Then two seconds for Kyle Pitts. He had eight targets, which was the same amount of Calvin, of Calvin Ridley. They had 16 of Matt Ryan's 35 targets. Don't feel too bad about it. Go up. It's good. It, that right there is going to be consistent. Next up, C. Bruce, hold on to your butt. Pittsburgh beat Buffalo at Orchard Park 23 to 16, which, you know, kind of shocked the world, if we're being honest. But let's also be honest and say that offense looked like freaking crap, okay? They lucked out. They lucked out with that last second special teams touchdown. And so, like, that's a team that, honestly, if they don't show me something next week, I will be panicking on because this looks exactly like it did last year, but worse. Yeah, but, I mean, they still won. And and the piece of optimism that I would say about Pittsburgh and Buffalo right now is this felt like a divisional round matchup. I think we're going to look back in November and be like, the Buffalo Bills let let one slip out of their hands, and, and Pittsburgh capitalized on it. I mean, I, I, I have much more concern just because Ben Roethlisberger looked like he had a noodle arm again. They did not. There's just no phase of that game because that offensive line looked bad against yes. a not that great, but not that bad Bills defensive line. They looked like just atrocious. Next week they get Las Vegas, and as of right now, the Monday night game, Max Crosby is going crazy chasing down Lamar Jackson, and that defense actually isn't looking so horrible. So that's going to be like if they don't bounce back and do something impressive like score 28 or 35 points and have 600 yards of total offense i will be very concerned and all right so the next game we have up we have uh carolina and the new york jets sam darnold got some sweet sweet revenge with his buddy robbie anderson taking on the new york jets and zach wilson and company um, I felt like it was a good game and it's always, you know, Sam Darnold looked very competent and it's always good when you have a CMC in the background, uh, backfield I'm telling you, he escaped Adam gaze. The B-hole stench is off of him and he will surprise people this year. I, I think it in maybe an off podcast conversation. He was my dark horse to just be a top 12 quarterback this year for fantasy leagues. But biggest takeaway is just Christian McCaffrey. Dang. <laughs> Dang. He, he's coming back with a vengeance. That's an understatement. And then um, the next game we have uh, was an overtime game. We had the Bengals <laughs> taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Cincinnati won 27 to 24. Two words, Jamar Chase. God bless. He's legit. He, he is legit. He is legit. He is legit. He was the number one target. He had the most uh, targets, most yards, had a hot touchdown, I mean, the second that happened, I was like, oh, Taylor's going to love this. Sent him a text. <laughs> Felt great. Then my other my other happy takeaway is Joe Mixon had freaking 33 touches. We'll talk about him in a second, but my oh, God. Buddy. He is. He has, he, <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll just get to him in a second. Then next up, we had San Francisco playing Captain Kneecaps, you know, Kneecaps, the Lions, which it was 41 to 17. Then you blinked your eyes and it was 41 to 33. And you thought, oh, my God, here come the Lions. Jared Goff looked like a legit quarterback uh, Sunday. Shockingly, shockingly. I was like, what is going on? Why is this I, happening right now? <laughs> I don't know if that's a statement of like the 49ers defense was just that relaxed or if they're going to be that bad. Because like, think about it. They were up 41 to 17 and they almost let it slip out of their hands to the Lions. Yeah, especially with that NFC West. I, I, I think it's them just falling asleep. 
at the wheel, honestly, and the Lions yeah. are just fighting back. Yep. I think Jamal Williams is going to be a staple, by the way. I don't think he's always going to be the number four running back, but I think he can be a, a, an RB2 for most leagues. In the uh, next game we have, we had the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Indianapolis Colts, winning 28-16. to 16. Uh, DK Metcalf going for four catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. And then um, Tyler Lockett, I think he went for five for 100 and a touchdown, or was it six and 100? He went for four catches for 102 touchdowns. Oh, two touchdowns. Okay. So Against there he... me. <laughs> Screw you, Tyler Lockett. So, I mean, as we've talked about with Seattle, it's going to be that first half, um, you know, MVP Russell Wilson, September, yep. October, and then we'll see what happens in November with once, those players. I am still going to stand by once November rolls around, you field every trade offer you can for all of your Seahawks. If it's a redraft league, if it's a dynasty league, you might kick the tires on what you can get for Russell Wilson because his value will never be higher. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. After, after all the off season disputes, he, uh, he looked in midseason form yesterday. It was great. Oh, yeah. And then we got Jacksonville <laughs> losing to your lowly Houston Texans. But, yes, they weren't so lowly because freaking Tyrod Taylor looked like a legit quarterback going 21 of 33 for 291 and two touchdowns. Also, he had four carries for 40 yards, which is very sneaky value there. But I think the real story for me here is Mark Ingram had 26 freaking carries. Okay? He's on the waiver wire in pretty much every league. You should put a claim in on him. Like I'm, I will be forthright. I'm putting a claim on him tonight for our dynasty waivers and redraft waivers, just to see, because you never know. Which which league is he available in? in both, yes. both of them. Yes. Okay. You better put more fab than me, baby, because he might be coming with me. Oh man, why do I have to spend so much fab? It's 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 September thirteenth, and I'm probably gonna have to spend half my money right now. Yeah, but listen, I've spent money on getting Latavius Murray, who I think will be the eventual running back one for the Baltimore Ravens. Just saying. It could pan out. Really? You don't think it's going to be Bell? No, Le'Veon's washed. Okay, okay. I'm just saying. No. no, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just saying. I will shoot this messenger. I'll bury him out back next to the other messenger who said something about, I don't know, Baker Mayfield being an MVP quarterback. I did not say that. You're right. That was an OU fan. Carry on. Arizona at Tennessee. Arizona blew the doors off of the Titans, 38 to 13. That defensive line, once again, this is week one, so we have to overreact. It's either that defense and that defensive line of the Cardinals is so good, or the Tennessee Titans offensive line is that bad. I don't know which one. I'll just wait and see. Big story for me was Christian Kirk. I think he's useful. I think he can be a decent flex player for most leagues, most weeks. I I think the thing that was interesting to me as I um, I was listening to the Rich Eisen show, and uh, the the thing that they pointed out was first team ever to have an offensive player score five touchdowns, which was Kyler Murray had four through there, one on the ground, and then uh, a defensive player had five sacks. He had uh, Chandler Jones oh, yeah, had five Chandler five Jones. sacks. So the first time ever that's happened. Um, Cardinals look legit. Um, real good. I think the Titans are really missing Arthur Smith. I really do. I, I know that that team is loaded with talent, but I really do think they're missing as, him from an offensive coordination perspective. As of right now, the Falcons will give him right back. Uh, I, the Falcons, the Falcons deserve like a, a, a three episode mini arc of their own. <laughs> simply for the fact of that cap space. And we talked about in the offseason, that cap space is atrocious. They had to trade Julio Jones just so they could sign Kyle Pitts. Yeah, it's pretty it's, bad. It's absurd. Um, so that that team has a, a bunch of a bag of worms that mm-hmm. it's just going to get worse as the season goes on. And I feel bad for Matt Ryan, but it is what it is. He's going to figure it out. He's a leader. He's a professional. And uh, yeah, Cardinals look legit. Titans got some work to do there with Tannehill and getting some more rapport there with Julio Jones and AJ Brown and just kind of figuring out what the heck's going on. Cause I, and also I think they miss uh, Janu Smith coming across the middle. Yeah. Um, you, you're really starting to see some of these gaps here. I don't think Derrick Henry looked as strong as he has in the past. Oh, we'll talk about him. Trust me. We yeah, exactly. Him. Next um, up, we had the chargers playing the Washington football team and, this one was a kind of a nitty gritty. It's 20 to 16, but I think if Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't go down with that hip injury early in the game, I think it's a more competitive game. I think that Washington actually pulls it out. But I think for me, the big thing with this game was, you know, I might be biased because I'm an Austin Eckler manager, 
but the backup was Larry Roundtree. It wasn't Justin Jackson. It wasn't Josh Kelly. It was Larry Roundtree. So I think if you're an Austin Eckler manager, you should find a way to get Roundtree onto your roster. Okay. We'll do. I'll make note of that. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest thing was Ryan Fitzpatrick being injured in my opinion is what changed this ball game. I mean, once again, Taylor Heineke coming in, we know he plays hard and everything, but he just doesn't, I haven't seen that spark yet where you're like this guy, he could totally be a franchise QB or even Ryan Fitzpatrick, just be competent, you know, be able to, to get your team into position to uh, win and be successful. Um, you know, Gibson looks strong. I mean, he had 20 carries for 90 yards. Um, you know, he could have scored a touchdown here or there, but it was, it was a very tight game. I think there's potential that this could have been a Super Bowl matchup that we could be looking at potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a it was a good early indicator, but the fact that if, I don't have NFL Sunday ticket, I didn't get to watch it. So if Fitzpatrick comes back, I think that team can if they like can stay three and three and Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back, I think they can still put make that push. Next up, I'm sorry, this game might hurt you. We have Kansas City beating Cleveland. At one point in time, had a lead, and then I need a kinda, drink. Kind of like we said, like you know, just a second ago, between the segments, it was, it was Cleveland was winning, and then you went to go pee, and you came back, and Kansas City was up by two touchdowns. It felt like, yeah. Big takeaway for me is you don't have to worry about any other pass catcher from Kansas City other than Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. That's that's it. That's it. Yep. Um, and you know. Uh, we uh the one of the leagues that we're in, Jacob, you know, we had an individual who selected uh Travis Kelsey, number one overall. Looking like a pretty darn good investment after uh, week one, in my opinion. Good choice in week one. Uh 20 22.6 points for your tight end. Yeah. Not, 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 not a shabby day. That's a good day at the office. Following up, we had my Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots. Bam, baby. That's all I'm gonna say. Suck it, Bill Belichick. We're here to stay. Was it a pretty game? Not, not really. But I think that Tua showed that he can be effective enough to get through. But I think also my other takeaway from this, my, my main sticking point was I think Miles Gaskin's actually going to be who we thought he was. I think he's going to be a version of Austin Eckler, catching every pass that's going to come his direction, getting like 50, 60 yards on the ground every week. Yeah, no, I think um, it was a really good matchup. It was good to see Mac Jones be competent. So if you're hurting in the QB depart- department and you haven't picked him up already, um, I would definitely take a look at him, especially if you're in a redraft league and you're in a two QB league or a super flex uh, redraft league, definitely uh, worth taking a flyer on. Um, and then, I mean, right into next week, the Dolphins versus the Buffalo Bills in week two. That's a huge matchup there for East Division uh, dominancy. It's It's weird scheduling, man. Two back-to-back division games, like week one and two. Dude, it's it's hitting hitting the ground running. It's going to be a long season, and I am so here for it. Between this and college football, I I have my life planned out. I agree. Speaking (laughs) of uh, hitting the ground running, New Orleans Saints absolutely just dismantling the Green Bay Packers 38-3 to in a quote-unquote home game that was played in Jacksonville, okay? <clears throat> like, Jameis Winston had 20 completions. He here, Here's a fun fact for you. He had one more incompletion than he did touchdowns. He threw for five touchdown passes. Obviously, I don't think that's the, the big, you know, that's not going to continue and that's not going to carry on. I mean, I think from this game, we just can firmly say that it's Jameis Jameis Winston shown he can carry on for the Saints. Yeah, and and I just have, I think this is one word. No, it's two, I think it's two words. Hyper efficiency. The the Saints continue to be a hyper efficient team. They yeah. keep no matter what we say on this podcast. They're just like, yeah, we know, we we, we understand. Yeah. We're gonna be hyper efficient, and this is yeah, what we do. Whatever. I mean, Alvin Kamara, <clears throat> you know quote-unquote hyper-efficiency was not Alvin Kamara's game. 20 carries for 83 yards. Not a, not a best YPC, but hey, he got you done. Rolling into Denver versus the Giants. Denver won 27-13. to 13. Teddy Bridgewater actually came out and looked like he knew what he was doing, which I think is going to help that offense out. I really think, you know, the biggest story is Jerry Judy was destroying the Giants before he had that hip injury or that ankle injury. Yeah. So this is just going to be interesting to see if it's going to be K.J. Hamler, if it's going to be Tim Patrick. It's going to step up and be that guy. Or even Cortland Sutton. I don't know. 
Who's going to be the guy? Dang it. Yeah. And then on the, uh, the giant side, you know, Saquon just isn't back just yet. Uh, Sterling Shepard looked really good. So if he's available on your waiver wire pickup, I highly suggest that you pick him up. Um, Kennedy Galladay still got some work to do, son. Uh, a, lot, a lot of work there. Uh, four of six receptions for 64 yards. So, you know, not bad. Eight, not yards, bad. A, eight yards a catch, but eight points. I mean, I mean, I, I get it. He was projected to go for 11 points, but I'm just like, you're, you're getting paid wide receiver one money. Let's, let's get it done. And I understand Sterling went off. Daniel Jones didn't look bad, but you still lost by 16 points <laughs> um, or no 14 points. You lost by two touchdowns. It's not, it's not getting it done. And I'm sure David Gelman's going, all right. So do we like Radler in a blue Jersey? Or do we like <laughs> Sam Howell? I think Sam Howell would look better because he's in light blue. And now we just put him in Navy dark blue. Hey, Taylor, who had more fantasy points, Justin Fields or Andy Dalton? Without looking. Um, I think it's Justin Fields. I mean, because didn't he have Justin that one said, carry? Yeah, he had uh, two completions for 10 yards, one carry for three yards and a touchdown, 6.7 points. Andy Dalton was 27 of 38, two of six, one pick, two carries for 13 yards and a fumble for 6.54 points. Justin Fields played like three snaps in the game, and he outscored Andy Dalton. It, it is time. I think my biggest takeaway, though, was David Montgomery still looked the part. He looked very good against a very good defensive line. Even with a couple of third stringers on his own offensive line, he still put together a 100-yard rushing game, which the Rams did not allow all of last season. Yeah, no, that that Rams defense looked uh, spectacular. David Montgomery looked good. Daryl Henderson looked good. He looked yeah, healthy. He did. Yeah, um, he did. Stay healthy, Daryl. Fingers crossed on that. Matthew Stafford. I texted oh. you this last night. I said, uh, it looks like Matthew Stafford has the most talent he's had since he was at Georgia. Yeah. Uh, so that's been like what, 12, 13 years. Um, Long time. Him, him and Sean McVay just are like peanut butter and jelly. And I really hope they make a documentary about like their meetup in the Bahamas or wherever it was in Mexico, just like talking about football. <laughs> um, Cause I think that would be an interesting conversation to see how that like whole relationship un, un unveiled because mm-hmm. they those two look so in sync and i think matthew stafford's going to put up terrific numbers and that that's a super bold contending team heck yeah it is i'm just saying i picked them to win it all and last night it gave me a lot of confidence saying they could actually do it and then the monday night game up to this point uh baltimore is up 14 to 10 at the half lamar jackson has 11 points uh, Derek Carr, 12 for 25, 127 yards. Um, yeah, not so much. Marcus Mariota had a uh, one carry for 31 yards, so uh, not, not too bad. Um, what's his name? Uh, Tyson Williams, seven carries for 64 yards, a touchdown, two receptions for 23 yards. He's got 15 points so far. Yep, he's looking good. He's looking good. Of course, Kelton's good. got him. Dead gummit. <laughs> Listen, if he's still out there, you should spend all of your fab, spend your number one waiver priority pick for him. If he's still out there, just, just grab him. And this is from coming from the guy who thinks Latavius Murray will eventually take over. I just, in the meantime, it's going to be a wild ride to have Tyson Williams. And uh, speaking of which, Mark, uh, Marquise Brown, back in his uh, number five from OU, got 13 points so far. Four, four for four receptions, 52 yards, touchdown. Looking pretty good right now. I'm pretty sure that touchdown target was going for Mark Andrews, who is behind him, though, but we'll just ignore that. Hey, that's some OU brotherly love right there. It's fine. It, it makes me upset from the standpoint I need Andrews to score, but I, I understand. Played yourself. Yeah. All righty. So let's move right in. We'll keep rolling in. That was our recap for the first week. Man, that, would, uh, that moved quickly. Yeah, that's what it is. Listen, that's why it's called Quick Game Recaps. <laughs> All righty, let's get right into the uh, don't freak out, but freak out totally out. Heck yeah, baby, because what this is about is, listen, I will tell you right now, we went through this with a clear overreaction standpoint from what happened in week one, okay? So that doesn't mean, you know, that Aaron Rodgers is going to average three fantasy points per game for the rest of the season. He's dead it to just- me. Uh, I trade him to me if you got him, but it's one of those things that like, you know, we see the things that happen in week one and we're taking, we're calling our shot now of, we think this one could last for the whole season. So Taylor, I will let you go first fire away and you go. All righty. So I'm going to start with Jameis Winston, uh, famous Jace, uh, Jameis got his LASIK surgery and now he can see the linebackers. Holy cow. What a game, man. I can see um, now the blurriness has gone. 
70% completion for only 148 yards, but five touchdowns, no turnovers. The efficiency of him was ridiculous. I don't know what type of crazy, um, you know, quarterback things were going in the offseason. He looked great and he completely deserved it. Um, top 10 QB. Yeah. I mean, I actually, I like that one a lot, not just because he's a part of the, the, the machine that ripped you from shred, you know, limb to limb in Empire League this week. But I do believe that I'm sorry, I had to do it. It's September. It's September. <laughs> we're on, we're on to we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> I do believe that this could actually be a, a true factual statement because what what the team showed us is they're willing to run the ball, but at the same time, Jameis Winston's still gonna throw the ball down the field. I mean, and everyone's don't freak out. Here's a free one about Marquez Callaway. Don't freak out. Give him a week, see what happens, because he got the Jire Alexander Island, and anytime you're on that island, you get sunburned all the time. Yep. Um, all right, so, Jacob, who is your first freak-out player? I'll, I'll go with a saucy one. I'll go with Derrick Henry. We mentioned it earlier, kind of foreshadowing, but he had a final line of 17 carries for 58 yards, but I'm pretty sure at halftime of that game, he had, like, nine rushing yards, and that's gross. Jeez. Yeah. Seeming in your, you're one of the fantasy managers that wanted to invest like, you know, a third, fourth, fifth, sixth overall pick on, which I don't blame you because I mean, I, why I said I, I wouldn't have done it. I can understand the argument why to do it. But the thing that I'm concerned about is I think for the rest of the season, he's going to be closer to like a mid running back too, because that offensive line looked God awful. They got yeah. manhandled by yes, Chandler Jones and JJ Watt, but still, they got absolutely trashed. Like they looked like OU's line against Tulane, you know, last week. Oh, that's a low blow. We won 76 to nothing against Western Carolina. Okay. I'm sorry. Against who? You're going to hear about all this on Saturday. Okay. We're, we're not Whatever. done here. Move Whatever. on. Move on. Western Carolina. Anyways. I get it. Tulane. We, yeah. <laughs> Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Historical data shows us <laughs> that the running that running backs who have over 400 touches, their average yards per yards per carry, I think falls to almost like two yards per carry. I think it was like 1.7 was the exact number. And so what I know what, and what we saw from that is, I mean, that's probably right around three point, like two yards, three point four yards of carry just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And here's another fun fact for you is one fourth of all of those running backs who had over 400 touches played in only eight games because it's hard to do that. But Derrick Henry has been right around 400 touches twice, two years in a row. I think this is the year it finally catches up to him. And I really think that he's more of a running back two than running back one. Yeah, no, this is definitely a week, week one overreaction. I'll give it a few more weeks before I, before I get there, but he's, he's definitely moving in that direction, but I would not be shocked if, if Derek Henry goes off for 150 yards next week, just completely just having steam out his ears. Listen, I'm not going to be surprised (laughs) by that either. I'm just sitting here. I'm going to call my shot right now while I can. Because I mean, like on the bright side, he had three three catches. That's more than pretty much like five games worth of last year. Uh, but pretty much we, since 2013, when he was in exactly. Alabama, that's the most catches he's ever. <laughs> so let's see here. So his next two games are Seattle and Indianapolis. So Taylor, like real quick, are you starting him as a running back, like one with confidence, or are you trying to make other plans to make up for some point loss? Uh, probably the second one, simply for the fact of, of who it is that they're playing against. But I'm hoping Tannehill's able to kind of open it up. I hope Julio's able to catch a few more passes and be able to maybe instead of having nine in the box, they have more like seven in the box. And and Derek Derek can work with seven in the box. Yeah, yeah, he can. I'm just I'm worried that he has finally hit that point that the predator finally needs to take his nap. I don't, I don't know. He, he, he reminds me of a lion just kind of like laying in the, you know, that Christopher Walken speech where he's like, he's just so hot. He's just sitting <laughs> yeah. there. He's just sweating. He's just waiting. That, yeah. I feel like that's what Derek Henry's doing. He's, he's taking all this energy in and he's, he's working out. He's squatting 450 pounds or whatever craziness it is. He's just, he's just working. He's just grinding. He's not going to be practicing. He's going to be doing his agility drills, his structural and ligament work. And he's just going to come out and be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to eat today. I'll believe Ryan, it when Ryan I see the ball. Nope. Running back to call it right now. All righty. So the uh, second player I have, or sorry, the second freak out I have is the Chicago bears defense. I understand some of our leagues don't do defense, but I don't really care. Um, the Chicago bears, they look really old last night. Eddie Jackson 
It's just not the same safety after the huge payday. And Matthew Stafford picked apart the Bears defense for a 34 to 14 win. They may be middle tier 15 to 17 defense the rest of the year, but that's definitely not the team. You know, this is their identity is this defense. And they just, (laughs) it was not a good look last night. I mean, historically speaking, you know, they're, you know, 19 or sorry, you know, they've been a, uh, number one, a top 10 defense and, and the last couple of years has just been going down, but this defense looks extremely old and that's not good for this offense. My opinion, they just need to pack up and move out, including oh. Ryan pays Ryan Nagy, like all of them just pack up and move out. Uh, I would get Eric Bianema on the phone. Uh, Brian Lefwich, Todd Bowles, quite honestly, any Tampa Bay coordinator shoot uh the quality assistant the quality control coordinator uh i bet you they could do a better job right now than ryan Nagy is um or sorry matt Nagy. ever since the double doink he just hasn't been the same oh that was that was painful like i remember the bears were looking like a salty team mitch trubisky was looking like he's about to take that next step to be a franchise quarterback yeah and then all of a sudden doink doink and they're not going to because we like remember right that was like they were rolling they were a hot team oh, yeah. that year and then that's what Trubisky looked like he was paying off. It was like him, Mahomes, looks, Deshaun Watson. It was like, whoa, <laughs> okay, so maybe fantastic. it's going to pay off here. Yeah. And so what's happened since then? I don't know. A bunch of mind games. But I think I'm actually going to disagree with you a little bit on this one. I think a lot of this one was they had a team that was a very past central, very past centralized team. Whenever you're starting two, I think it was second year cornerbacks because you lost your top two to free agency and then one to injury. And so I'm not saying that they're going to be like a top 10 defense, but I think that they're going to have their time where you can spot start them. Like, I mean, they are playing Detroit in week four. So for you early birds on the waiver wire, there you go. Detroit is in week four. In the meantime, they have Cincinnati and then Cleveland, which I think next week against Cincy might be a very telling game for both the Bengals and the Browns or the Browns and the Bears just to see what exactly happens between those two teams. Because I I'm think, picking Cincinnati win after oh, what they yeah. did to the Vikings. I'm like, Cincy oh. may be the surprise team of the year, and Joe Burrow may end up being a, a terrific second-year pro. Well, listen, like I, I'm picking the Bengals as well. I just think I look at that matchup, and I think that's the one where we're going to be able to tell a little bit better. And, and it's like you said in our uh, text thread, uh, it's not Burrow with an R-O-W. It's uh, Burrow with an E-A-U-X. He's looking that's like right. LSU Burrow. <laughs> That's right, baby. <clears throat> Keep throwing Jamar Chase down the sideline, touchdowns, and Taylor text, and then gloat. I, I, anyway. I just can't wait for the Bengals to play neck. <laughs> <laughs> but so I'll move on. Since we're talking about the Bengals, I'll just talk about Joe Mixon. I mean, oh, buddy. Okay. He saw 33 of 39 running back to opportunities and then four of the five receptions for the running backs. Okay. Yeah. As the Joe Mixon guy who preseason was sitting here like he can be the RB1, this this made me feel very happy with my life decisions, okay? And so I think as long as he can stay healthy, he's a top seven running back at the minimum. That's like the floor. I'm not saying he's going to get 33 touches every game. Like it's probably going to be obviously closer to 20 to 25. But still, he was still effective. He was still productive with the touches that he did have because – I mean, he had 29 carries for 127 yards. That's like 4.2 yards a carry. That's not bad. I mean, you're not going to write home about it, but that's not bad. But I just sit here and I see like he had 29 carries. Okay. And he had four catches. Just sign me up for that weekly or some modicum of that. Like if he's 18 carries and four receptions, I will take that every freaking week. I really think he's a top seven back bare minimum. Like that's a floor. The AFC North is looking more interesting by the days. And I'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The best ability is availability. Mm-hmm. And he was extremely durable and he looked great. It, I'm, I'm proud of, of Joe and it was uh, both Joes. I, I want to ha- have a cup of Joe ne- tomorrow morning talking about the Joes. And Jamar. And Jamar, yeah. I, I need that as a shirt. Joe, Joe, and Jamar. <laughs> Joe, Joe, and Jamar. Dude, I would wear that shirt. Like have them. Bingle striped mug that says Jojo and Jamar. That's what CJ's coffee needs to do. They're like, hey, the three J's, Jojo, <laughs> Jamar with your cup of Joe. And then CJ Beathard for CJ's, right? Yeah, there you go. Hey, uh, patent pending um, <laughs> or trademark. Um, yeah, 
And yeah, it was just amazing to see what Joe was able to do. All righty. So let's move into our final ones here. Uh, I had Sam Darnold. Uh, he looked terrific. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy for, for him because he's been kind of crapped on ever since he was at New York. You know, he had that terrific game against the Lions, his first game of the rookie year, and then it just completely fell apart after that as per usual because it's the Jets. And, um, you know, he uh, was able to exercise some demons with his, uh, against his former team along with Robbie Anderson, and he looked like a new man in the Joe Brady offense. It's also good when you have a healthy uh, CMC in your backfield. And I believe the Panthers have found their QB. Uh, Sam went for 68.6% completion percentage uh, for 279 yards. I know that it doesn't wow anybody, but for him, trust me, that's a really good start for one TD, no picks. I fully expect Sam Darn will be a top 15 quarterback this year and uh, really happy for him. Uh, This is like the best completion percentage he's had. I I think the next closest was at 61%. And Joe Brady likes extremely efficient uh, passers. And I think Sam Darnold can be that. And we talked about it. He's younger than Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. This dude has so much potential. He's 23 years old. He's he's going to do it, man. It, it, it looks great. Oh, listen, wait, sorry. He's 24 now. So they're the same age. My well, listen, you don't have to convince me because I feel like I've been a Sam Darnold apologist. I've just said that he needs to get away from freaking Adam Gase for him to finally be able to produce and like, and obviously, like, he didn't blow the world away, but at the same time, he did what he wasn't doing in New York. And I think one of the funniest things that I heard, like, all offseason was basically one of the footballers. They're sitting there and it's like, yeah, like, someone was taking a dump on Sam Darnold. And he was like, yeah, but look at what happened to Devontae Parker when he got out. Ryan yeah. Tannehill. Like, Devontae Parker had a top, tw- top 10 wide receiver year. Ryan Tannehill is considered, like, a top 10 fantasy quarterback. <laughs> So I firmly believe that there is a high chance that Sam Darnold is, carries on that tradition of smear, wiping off the smear and the stink from Adam Gaze. Yeah, whatever happened to Adam Gaze? Is he coaching um, somewhere this year? I think he's with USC, which explains why they lost to Stanford by, like, what, 14 points? Yeah, they just fired their head coach, Clay Helton. I need a, need a follow-up. Yeah, listen, this is what Adam Gaze does. He shows up, he stinks up the room, makes it miserable, and the next thing you know... There he is. He pops back up as a freaking head coach of some team somewhere. Oh, uh, boy. Oh, wait. Isn't it great? No, it, uh, he accepted a job as an offensive coordinator for a local high school team. Oh, that poor high school team. Poor, poor high school team. Oh, buddy. For his uh, – in Michigan, it's like a Ypsilanti, Michigan, oh. where it's his hometown. Oh, look at that. So they felt bad for him. Poor guy. Yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll, he'll probably ruin them, too. Poor, poor kiddos. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> All righty, Jacob, who's your uh, last player for freak up? So my last guy that I have written down here that you should probably freak out a little bit about is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Right oh, side. Okay. He had 14 of the 16 carries, and he had all three catches for the Chiefs. But, Taylor, how many? remind me, how many points did the Chiefs score? 33. And guess what player they didn't need in order for that to happen? <laughs> Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> Just like what happened at the end of last season. Yeah. And so, like, while I th- like, I would rather have him on my roster than not, I just think all this talk about he could be the next, you know, breakout running, you know, second year running back and all that fun stuff. I think this relegates him to more of a back half running back, too, because he's not needed for that team to be successful. He can have 14 carries for what was like a 50 something yards, 60 yards, something like that. And they're like, okay, cool, whatever. Tyree Kill has almost 200 passing receiving yards. And then Travis Kelsey has everything else. It's crazy to see how these two continue to get open because everyone's like, oh, yeah, we got a key on Tyree oh Kill and Travis Kelsey. And it's like, okay, have you seen Patrick Mahomes? Like some of the plays, I'm just like, oh, so you these can't. are the passes he didn't yeah. complete in the Super Bowl. That's right. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, like Clyde Edwards-Lair had 14 carries for 43 yards, all right? Quick math, because that's like, what, right around 3, 14, 28, 42? Yeah, it's like barely more than three yards of carry. It's not great. And so I, if I am a CEH manager and someone is super high on him, I will trade him. Dynasty leagues, I think you go ahead and hold on to him because you're not going to get the value that you need for, you know, when you try to trade him to get even value because you picked him with like the 101, 102 most likely. Yeah. That year. And so you hold on to him, but he's a guy that I would be – freaking out about obviously i mean who do they play next week they play baltimore next week yeah that's a real remedy 
Sunday night football game. Yeah. To play the Chargers week after that, that's a real remedy. The way the Philadelphia Eagles look like, you know, even in their week four, like that's not going to look like it's going to do the fix. But yeah, I don't know. I think that that's that's my edge. That's where I'm like kind of tiptoeing around. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, recap our freakouts real quick. So I have uh, Sam Darnold, Jameis Winston, and the Chicago Bears defense. Yep. And then I lined up with Derrick Henry finishing as an early to mid running back two instead of a high end RB1 that everyone thought. Joe Mixon being a top seven running back as a floor. And then Clyde Edwards Rolaire being a mid to back half running back two. All righty. Well, I think that I think that's it. You know what? We can run through some quick waiver if you want to. Yeah, no, let's do it. All right, let's see who's out here. So we're, I'm just going to click on one league because I couldn't find the website where I was looking for that had, like, the player ownership. Like, I think a guy that's out there, I mean, Mark Ingram, he's definitely worth a pickup. I mean, he had 23 carries last week, yep. you know, last game. I don't care who you are. If you're getting 26 opportunities a game, I want you on my roster just to see what happens. Um, another guy that's going to be out there is Elijah Mitchell, you know, from the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch. And then we saw that it was Elijah Mitchell that stepped in. So I think he's a guy that you could, like, if you have a number one waiver claim on, you should do it. I think you could probably spend upwards of like 30 to 40% of your fab budget on him because what if he hits and what if he stays the same? You're getting that guy for the rest of the season off of waivers. I mean, that right there to me is, I think those are the top two guys, but I would definitely prioritize Elijah Mitchell over anybody and everybody else because, oh, my God, like this is kind of like Philip Lindsay was whenever he was with the Broncos that first year. Yeah. I remember Cameron Ressler picked him up off of waivers, and then he had a top 15 running back, which just boosted his whole team straight to the roof. So in your redraft leagues, if Elijah Mitchell's out there, put a claim in on him, put a fab bid on him, because if it works out, it's great. And the thing that I like to say about fab is – you can always keep it for the next guy, but you might miss every guy in between. And I think this is that guy you don't want to miss. By the way, for all the rookie owners out there, <clears throat> myself, um, <laughs> is the waiver wire tomorrow or is it Wednesday? Typically, the waiver wire, you put your claims in on Tuesdays and then it processes through on Wednesday morning. So every league has it different. Like, for instance, I know in the leagues where I'm the commissioner of, it's Sunday is a free ad drop. And then you make your claims for players and those process Wednesday morning, I think at like 4 a.m. or something like that. So that way, when you wake up Wednesday, it's like Christmas. It's, oh, who did I get? Oh, I didn't get him, but I did get him. So, I mean, it's an exciting little adventure. It definitely is. And especially for those of us that are up at 4.30 or 5 a.m., uh, we just start adding and waving and claiming. <laughs> Pretty much. That's normal. I'm, I'm setting my lineup at 5 a.m. for the Thursday night game. <laughs> I've already listened. <laughs> You're way behind. I've already looked towards my week two matchups. I already have my lineups adjusted and saved. Okay. Well, congratulations. I've, I you. was cooking dinner and was trying to be helpful. All right. I know it's a bad excuse. I'm on to Cincinnati. Bro, I, I did this. On to Cincinnati. I did this the second that I saw Tyree Kill and Pat, Patrick Mahomes on Chris's team, which is blowing up. I was, I, I was the Belichick. I said, and we're on to Cincinnati. Uh, we're on our next opponent. Next week is uh, Cincinnati. I'm on yeah. my next my next week opponent, uh, Chaz Balzer. I'm just really focused on him and the, what my line can provide. Yep, yep, um, yep, yep, yep. Also, I just want to say, hold on, Ira, how dare you call me out an empire like that, son? I will put you <laughs> in your place next week. I hope you like the taste of your own tears because they're going to be falling from your face. Come at me, bro. Uh, I don't I don't know where it came from. I was just looking at this and I'm like, okay. <laughs> there there it is. There it is. That's okay. There. That that happened. That that really happened. Okay. All right. I appreciate it, but I hope he likes losing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All righty, folks. Well, we're gonna bring this uh episode here to a close. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to us, wherever you may be listening to us, such as Anchor Podcast, Breaker, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, or Apple Podcast. Please make sure that you uh, rate and review and subscribe 
Jacob, why don't you tell the fine folks another way that they can communicate with us? Listen, whenever Lamar Jackson continues to average like eight yards per attempt, you can send me all of your hate mail that is actually true for my facts on Twitter (laughs) at Misfit underscore FF. Or if you want to just roast me viciously and you want to keep it private, I will A, post it on Twitter. So come at me with that sauce. But B, you can send me your private cake recipes to the.misfit.ff at gmail.com. Or we'll answer all of your fantasy-related questions, including, you know, questions such as what shoes should you wear tomorrow? The answer are you got to go with the nice, like, light tan ones if you're going to those, one of those, you know, you're an office worker. Suede or leather? I'm I'm curious. Leather. Leather always is hot. Okay. Okay. It's hard to keep clean. It looks good. You mean literally or figuratively? Because, I mean, it probably could be a warm shoe. I do have, you know. The answer is yes. (laughs) Speaking of which, if anyone really does have a sopapilla cheesecake recipe, I would really <laughs> We're still waiting, it. okay? We are still waiting. After this week of fantasy and watching Baker do what he did, I need to uh, have some comfort food, and I really need a sopapilla cheesecake. And as someone who is a re- recovering uh, larger person, I, I really don't want to relapse, <laughs> but at the moment, I kind of do. But, but that that's something you would trip over for. <laughs> uh, yes, in a, in a heartbeat. Um, I was at Target on Sunday and was like, hmm. Oreos. I see those Oreos. They're looking at me. They give me those eyes. They're saying, "Hey there, Taylor." The uh, the golden Oreos. Mm. Oh, Shandala, sweet merciful Shandala. All right, we gotta wrap it up. I gotta go to Walmart. Unrelated, unrelated. I gotta go to Walmart to get something. All right, peace out. See y'all on Thursday. Oreo time.